Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hey guys, today we're talking about the very first substitute teacher. <laughs> That's good. I like it. Well, Jesus is the teacher and That's he's right. the substitution for our sins. Christ is taking the punishment for our sins. Well, Jeff is in India, so today he's Kyle. That's right. I'm Chris, and we are the Bible Guys. So, Kyle, always good to have you here yes, on the podcast. That's right, man. And uh, so Kyle works with us at uh, the church that we serve at, Heritage mm-hmm. Church, and he's the Connections Pastor and was in charge of the weekends for years. And you've also done a lot of things, yeah. and you were also over youth yeah, uh, as a youth pastor. In fact, even before you came to Heritage, yep. you, were a, you were a youth pastor. Yeah. Well, and that's so, something we have in common. We just found that out. We both were youth pastors for 11 years, yeah, so that's pretty wild. Exactly, the exact 11 same, years, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, And I'm older than you, so <laughs> I've, done, I've done more adult stuff. Yes, yes old, you have. Old, old people stuff. Yes, I'm on your trajectory, <laughs> it looks like. <laughs> that's funny. So, hey, here's a good question. Mm-hmm. This is this is a good segment mm-hmm. for today. Mm-hmm. So, as a youth pastor, I've always said to my wife that uh, uh, my best memories and my best experiences in ministry are with high school students. Yes, love it. Or, or, or middle school at sometimes, but, um, but, but mostly high school. Yeah, for me. Yeah, 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 middle school. <laughs> so, so here's the question. The question is, tell us one of your most memorable moments or experiences that you've had working with yeah. teenagers. That's a good question. You know, uh, one of the things, I know you know this, Chris, and anybody who's done ministry for a minute knows that, you know, you can have a program like a Wednesday night or a Sunday night or whatever it may be, and those are all great, but it's not until you get away on a retreat or a camp or a missions trip, just because you, you, you know, that one one hour each week or two hours each week doesn't, you know, compare to that week long time together or a weekend. Um, but I remember when I first felt called into ministry, it was 2008 and I was on a missions trip, uh, in West Virginia. I was volunteering, um, there, uh, part of a church nearby and I was volunteering, uh, as a leader. And it was there that I felt called into ministry. Like I really had, and this only happened like twice in my life where I felt like God was like, do this. Like it was very clear. Yeah. And it happened to be on this trip and it was totally like 180 from what I was currently uh, following or planning for my life. And so when that happened, it was just kind of a marking moment for me. Everything kind of changed. I got, I went into ministry, got my degree in biblical studies, all that stuff. But, um, I had the privilege maybe like five or six years ago to go back to that same location, that same spot, that same mission trip with a group of students after God had kind of like, you know, kind of fulfilled this promise to me. He said, go do this. You know, I think it had been like eight years prior or something like that. And I got the chance to go back and just be able to experience that with the students. And, you know, I could share that with them. And of course the students, they don't, they don't care as much, but for me as a youth pastor, I would say that was one of them. My favorite moments, people like go back to the place where God kind of called me uh, into ministry and experience that with students and yeah. bring them there, see them grow in their faith, serve, all that stuff. Yeah, that, that's a significant moment. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember speaking at a camp that I uh, surrendered at as well, mm. and I went back years later as the guest speaker, and it was it was pretty wild. Yeah, and such it was cool. Even, it was even my home church. Such a cool God thing. Yes, and God does that. God, yeah. God brings stuff around, you know, and he brings it full circle, and it's extremely cool. Yeah, in ways that you don't even realize in the moment. You're like, wow, this is really cool. And I'm not a super emotional, but like being there in that in that moment and just knowing like, wow, all these memories I've experienced up to that point and what I'm about to experience in life, like God was preparing me yeah. back then 
to kind of say yes and step on faith. So anyways, really cool. But today we're actually reading, uh, we're going to segue yeah. to the Bible portion of today, um, reading in Romans uh, chapter three. And so if you have a physical Bible or you want to open up your Bible app, that's great. And if not, if you're watching uh, and, and watching us and like seeing this live, you will see the uh, verses on the screen. But we're starting off in verse 21, Romans chapter three. And this is from the NLT version. Uh, and this is like Chris was saying, this is, this is Jesus taking on our punishment. It says this, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. And this next verse, which is kind of like a part of the Romans road that, you know, if you've ever heard that saying, but this next verse 23 says this, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus, Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in his present time, in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. And then it says, can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. After all, is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. There's only one God and he makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jews or Gentiles. Well then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean that we can forget about the law? Of course not. In fact, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. Yeah, Love so that. Paul, so Paul there. yeah, jumps right into it. Yep. So uh, let's, it's important to know the context. Yeah. First of all, for our listeners, if you're jumping in uh, right at this moment, we're sort of walking through the book of Acts, mm-hmm. really. That's what this series is. And the book of Acts is right after the Gospels, after Jesus had left mm-hmm. the earth. And Paul uh, basically you know, goes through Paul's life. And so chronologically, we're walking through the book of Acts. And then everywhere throughout Paul's life, <clears throat> when he went on a missionary journey or decided to write a letter that became a part of the Bible, we sort of branch off and we are, you know, writing. So, so just to keep in mind in, in chronological, in, in the, in the chronology, uh, Paul had just finished up his third missionary journey um, <clears throat> and he has not yet been to Rome. Yeah. So this, this letter serves as an introduction for himself, as well as laying out the theology of a church that he has not yet uh, been to or started. Now, you know that Paul started so many churches, right. and oftentimes he would visit, like, for instance, Ephesus. He would start a church, and then he would leave, and then he would write back to that church, and, and it would be, you know, a, a people that he's familiar with. But in this case, there's a church that started in Rome. It's mostly Jews, uh, but also, it, 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 you know, acquired some Gentiles because yeah. he refers to those, which are basically anybody who's not Jewish. Mm-hmm. And he, and he had finished up his work in the East, and he was on his way to Spain, and, and, and actually he's in Corinth right now, uh, about to go to Jerusalem, actually, and he's writing to Rome, and he's basically hoping to, to go there on his way to Spain. So, uh, so anyway, so he has somebody writing for him. He has a, you know, a dictator, uh, you know, somebody who's copying this down. Uh, I, don't, I don't even remember that guy's name. 
but uh, it, I, I know it. It's <laughs> bothering me, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. Um, it is Tertius. Tertius. Yeah. Tertius. Yeah. And so uh, anyway, so that's that's where we have it. So anyway, he's Which laying... also the writing that he puts together. I mean, it kind of sounds like something Paul would say, right? So yeah. he must have been doing a pretty good job. Because even oh, though it's the writing that Paul certain. has, for even this chapter here, just the yes. way he asks a question, answers yes. it, I think it's pretty cool. So so really, yeah, these these 10 verses talk about Christ taking our punishment. Mm-hmm. And I, here's, what, here's the thing that stands out to me, first of all, mm-hmm. is obviously the most famous... One of the most famous verses in all the Bible, for all for everyone is sinned and we we all fall short of God's glorious standard. That's right, and and that means it translates into missing the mark. Mm-hmm. If you think of a bullseye and you think of you know throwing something and missing the mark, uh, another version says we all fall short yep. of God's glory, and I think that that's first of all something that <clears throat> we have to understand because after all, up to this point, people had you know been under the mindset. That the Jewish all they really have heard is the Jewish people have a Jewish God, the God mm-hmm. of Israel, and and this God is a God of laws. That's right. And all the way through the Book of Romans, Paul refers to the laws, and sometimes he's referring to, uh, you know, uh, actually you can you can understand that sometimes he's referring to the interaction with one another. Yeah. Right. The laws of the land, mm-hmm. those kind of things. But most of the time, in this case, he's referring to the laws of the Ten Commandments. And the 613 precepts yep. of, of all that, all of which came in Exodus chapter 20, uh, you know, 248 thou shalts, mm. 365 thou shalt nots for 613 precepts. And what he's saying is, is like, even though you may have heard that, you know, it's by obeying these laws of this God, that is what makes you righteousness, righteous. He's saying Jesus uh, gave us his righteousness because we fall short uh, the law helps, you know, uh, reveals to us that we fall short. Yeah, what's, right. what's one thing that stands yeah, out? Yeah, I know for me, like the the one thing there, that idea there is, you know, we're talking, we're hearing from Paul, and you mentioned this. I mean, he was yeah. somebody who knew the law. He was a teacher in the law. He That's, like knew yeah. these things, and then also somebody who was very aware of his sin. He was very aware of his mistakes. Um, he was somebody who was, you know, persecuting those who were Christians and that sort of thing. And so here he is writing this, very aware of the law, very aware of his own humanity, his own mistakes, and he's saying to us like, "For all have sh- sinned and fallen short." And uh, to me, honestly, that that statement right there, obviously, that does like a foundational part of the gospel message. And I mentioned earlier, like the Romans road, that's kind of like step one, all have sinned and fallen short. And I think it's just a reminder for us and anybody who's watching this who calls himself a Christ father, we're all like, yeah, I got that. But I also love the humility of Paul remembering that as the first thing is that all have sinned and fallen short. And then also like too, one of the words he that's brought up is... Um, Talking about somebody being acquitted, how, yeah, no, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. That word acquittal, um, I just love that because it makes me honestly think of, uh, you know, just that, that just a first thought is going back to the story of Jesus when he's kind of on trial and they end up freeing Barabbas and they put Barabbas up and they choose Barabbas over Jesus or Barabbas was essentially that, That's free. the first thing you think of? Yeah, I think, I think of that. I just think of the fact that now Barabbas I is think free. Of, I think of OJ Simpson. <laughs> If the glove doesn't fit, you, you must, must acquit. acquit. Yeah. <laughs> if it does not fit, you must acquit. Ah, so good. Okay. Never mind. You're right. Barabbas is the second thing now that I'm going to think of when I <laughs> think of this. But I, it just makes me think that, you know, the story of Barabbas, although it was, you know, 2,000 years ago, that's literally our story. We were freed. Yeah. We were sinners. We didn't have what it takes. We couldn't fulfill the law perfectly. 
And yet uh, Jesus paid the price and made us right. We are now seen as righteous because of what he had to do. So anyways, those, that's just what comes to mind when I see that word acquittal. It stood out to me. Uh, you know, you know what actually is standing out, even as I'm looking at it right now, yeah. is the very first two words that you read in verse 21. Because mm-hmm. he says, but now. Yep. Which means, but now means it's a brand new thought. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now it means this is a brand new idea. Yep. So, you know, try to transport yourself back into the first century where, like, uh, you know, imagine if this was brand new news. Right. Now, what's so interesting is a lot of our listeners are listening because they have been Christians for a while. But we all need to understand. And, and it's actually a great reminder that that phrase, but now, mm-hmm. is a great reminder that, like, when you walk in, for instance, through the doors of, of Heritage mm-hmm. Church, mm-hmm. which is proudly displayed on your, t- on, on your sweatshirt. Representing it strongly Represent, today. Yeah, yeah. Nice it's, and bright. It's the sweatshirt I wear, like, every fourth <laughs> podcast. Um, I wanted to try to match Chris today. We were going to try. I was going to try to twin him. Yeah. But it didn't but, happen. But I ended up wearing my champion. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, the, uh, uh, when you walk in through the mm-hmm. doors of Heritage Church, uh, we have this uh, phrase, we, we need to get a new sign for it, but the sign says today is someone's first day. Yep, yep. And and we have to understand that like the church service isn't just made for us. Mm-hmm. The church service is designed to reach those who have, who, who to, this is brand new news for them. Yep. It's their very first day. They're far from God. They know about the things of God, but they don't quite understand the truth. And so, but now means you know, regardless of your church background or how you've been raised, uh, heck, it's not too much to ask or even think that there's somebody on this podcast today who's listening, maybe even in another country, <clears throat> who's hearing this for the very first time. And we, we take this for granted all the time. And we just assume, oh, this is old news that's been around for 2,000 years. But there may be somebody listening right now who, who uh, you know, who's like, oh, this is brand new news, mm-hmm. that, that you cannot get to heaven by yourself that the law of the Old Testament was not given to to obey, to obtain righteousness. Paul is clearly saying Jesus came to give us righteousness because all of us have sinned and we, we miss God's standard. We miss the mark. We've gone mm-hmm. astray. We fall short. He's saying, but now you have to understand that Jesus took on our sin. He took on our punishment. And, uh, and by the way, there was a phrase here in my NLT. We, we love the Life yeah, Application yeah. Bible. And the Life Application Bible says, uh, just because grace is there, it doesn't make sin any less serious. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that yeah. great saying? Yes. It, it doesn't make sin any less serious. Can you know, I piggyback off something yeah, you're saying yeah, there? You ahead. said the but now, and it's just this new idea. And it's so interesting because after you go to verse 23, right? So that's the, the popular, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glory standard. The next two words, what does it say? says, yet God, and then it follows up in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. And I just love that. It's kind of like a piggyback. Like, really, it's a yeah, it's playing off God. the same idea, like, yet God in his grace. So it's like, hey, we don't have what it takes, yet God. And it's kind of like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's He gives us a second chance. And I want to read something really that I noticed uh, this morning out of uh, the Life Application Study Bible as well. I want to read this, and I actually think this is kind of interesting insight, Chris. Yeah. It says this um, as like a footnote. It says, most religions prescribe specific duties that must be performed to make a person acceptable to a God, and that's lowercase g. Christianity is unique in teaching that the good deeds we do will not make us right with God. No amount of human achievement or progress, progress in personal development will close the gap between God's moral perfection and our imperfect daily performance. Good deeds are important, but they will not earn us eternal life. We are saved only by trusting what God has done for us. And honestly, for those of us who I've been Christians for a minute. We get that. But have you seen that with other, I mean, what other religions or what other types of like hoops do you have to jump through in other 
religions in order yeah. to get to God. Where when it comes to this, it's like, it's just interesting. Like, I mean, how many I've even heard of, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about other religions on here. I'm sure we can. Right. But like, I know like doing some research on like Scientology, there's certain levels you have to get to. And even those levels come with a cost and things like that. And, you know, you're slowly learning more and progressing. And it's just so interesting the but way you have to achieve that. It's, it's, it's really interesting actually, because, uh, there are definitely people out there, uh, plenty of people mm-hmm. who want to believe that all, all paths lead to God mm-hmm. that, you know, they, they, and they ask the question, they say, don't all religions lead to God. I mean, you know, as long as, right. as long as you are worshiping, there's a God, there's a creator, there's a being, there's a higher power. And you know, it's interesting <clears throat> is that salvation is laid out all the way through the Bible and through the old Testament. That's right. Clearly not as the fact that, you know, not, not in the fact that there is a creator. Yeah. Right. Because, because that doesn't solve our sin problem. The fact that God is the creator. Um, it's so interesting. So uh, I once heard Andy Stanley talk about this. He said this, why can't we just let people believe what they want to believe? Hmm. Why can't we just let people alone? Right. Like, why do we have to bother people by saying, do you know, Jesus, you know, (laughs) it's like, why do we have to do that? And, and I remember hearing him say this, that it's because Christianity is not intuitive. Like you can sit under a tree and, and, you know, just without any knowledge, you could probably come to the conclusion that there is a creator. Right. Right. Which is like sort of all world religions, or I should say most world religions. Right. Um, but you can never by yourself come to the conclusion that, hey, I bet you that God sent his only son, yeah. Jesus Christ, down to the earth, who basically took, you know, lived a sinless uh, life uh. and died on the cross for our sins and then rose from the grave, proving he has power over sin and death. And then, you know, all we have to do is believe in him. And, and you know, you can never do that. And here's the reason why. And it's simply simply this, because Christianity is an event mm. and it is grounded in history. That's good. And the only way that history can be known is for history to be shared. Mm. And so... Oof. And so, that's good, bro. Yeah, well, it's not quoted, mine. Quoted it's, by Andy Stanley slash Chris Zarbaugh. Yeah, it's not mine. It's like the Michael Scott with Michael Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah <quote>. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take, Michael Scott. My, 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 or uh, Michael Jordan slash Michael Scott. That's that so funny. Yeah. So so yeah, and, and that's I, good. And it stuck with me because, um, and actually, I, I heard him say that live uh, when I attended his church in 2003. Yeah. Which was amazing. Anyway, the point is, is that uh, if you think about that, it's like, man. That's just an incredible thing. Uh, so anyway, I almost wonder though, though to your thought to your point there. I almost wonder if some people, some of the reason why so many people have rejected their faith mm-hmm. is because it's almost too simple in that sense. And although it's not, it's a very complex thing. The fact that that creator would come down, humble himself, and like you said, oh, do yeah, all those things. Sure, but it's almost too simple. It almost seems like. For some people, they need to, to do something. They have to earn it. They have to. There has to be behavior. Oh yeah, there has you're to saying be... you're saying the requirement for heaven yes. is too simple. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. Especially since uh, uh, think about it, almost every single world religion that's famous out there mm-hmm. puts so much emphasis on good works, yes, right. good deeds. So only in Christianity uh, does Jesus come down and and actually pay the price, right. pay the ticket. So uh, you know the the reason why Christianity is not narrow minded, people mm-hmm. would say, well, wait a minute. It is so narrow-minded to think that you have to go through Jesus Christ. You know, you, you need to be more open-minded than that. Yeah. But if you think about it this way, only in Christianity does everyone meet the requirements. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets in the exact same way, and everybody's invited. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that is only true in Christianity. That's true. And so if you think about it, it's like, well, where else can every single person who hears about it meet the requirements? That's really cool. 
you know, everybody's invited. Everybody yeah. gets in the same yeah. way. Yeah. So it well, is, it, it, even Abdu Murray, who I know we've interviewed your friends with them and I know him as well. We, uh, he has a saying or a, a quote, and I'll probably butcher it, but he basically talks about how like Christianity is the only religion where you have the, the greatest being, um, being God, uh, showing the greatest virtue, which is love. Yeah. And by showing the greatest vir- virtue, he did it in the most uh, powerful way you could do possibly. And the greatest way you can show your love is by dying for somebody else. Yeah. He's like, so you have the greatest being, the greatest virtue, and the greatest way of actually showing your love to somebody else. And I thought that's pretty cool. You have those that three in one, and that's really Jesus kind of yeah. dying on the cross for, for us. You know, that reminds me is uh, in 1996, the year that the Olympics came to Atlanta, um, I was living in Atlanta mm-hmm. at the time. And uh, Billy Graham had come to the Georgia Dome, mm. and he actually um, uh, DC Talk opened wow. for him, and and it was a Billy Graham crusade, and there were sixty thousand people in this Georgia Dome, and uh, he gave the gospel, and his whole message was one verse, John three sixteen, mm. and uh, Billy Graham says, and he basically he says he goes for God the greatest being, mm. and he said. So loved the greatest motive, you know, you know, the world, the greatest audience, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, so he gave the greatest gift, you know, whatever. And, and anyway, he just went down and he just basically took it phrase by phrase and talked about how it was the greatest. And, uh, and anyway, and I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, okay, I've been in ministry for mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, 15 years at this point or 10 years, whatever it was. And I remember thinking like, is this really going to do it? Yeah. Like 60,000 people, you get one verse. Yeah, and dude, I bet you did. He says, he, he <laughs> says come on up, come on up and turn your life over to Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, it was, I bet you out of 60,000, there must have been 20,000 people. Wow. 20,000 people just flooded. There's this exodus down to the to the field that was empty, which was now full. And everybody yeah. just turned. And I just sat there just weeping, thinking, like, yeah. this is the most amazing That's thing. That's why Billy Graham's the GOAT, right? <laughs> yeah, well, he's you the know, goat. he's dead now. He's the GOAT, though. The is greatest of all time. He's dead, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. He was, yeah, he is he, the GOAT. He is the GOAT. Yeah, still. okay. All right, you're right. You can still is, you can still uh, is true, be the true, GOAT. True, 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 true. All right. So, yeah. well, right, hey, th- it sounds like this is a really good place yeah. to end. And uh, hey, tomorrow we got dad jokes. There's a dad oh, joke competition. Yep, that's right. I had no idea. So bring your A game tomorrow, all right? Woo, okay, <laughs> sounds great. Well, we will see you next time on The Bible Guys.